welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. And I believe that a lot of you in this room, actually everybody in this room, is moving into a season where you're going to become aware of areas, not every area, but areas of your life where you've come full circle. Where you've left one season and you didn't understand why you had to leave that one season and went through specific situations, challenges, things that molded you and sculpted you in such a way over the last three to four years and now you're come, you've come back full circle, a different person, a different human, a brand new person, a better version of yourself. But you would not be that better version if you did not go through what you went through. Think about in your life the last three to four years, all the things that have taken place around you and within you, and how and where you are at right now in life. And I can guarantee you, every one of you in this room has something in their life that has come full circle or that is almost at its full circle moment i believe this series is going to be a very like i said a very prophetic series i i want to share a verse that's really the backdrop it's the backdrop the foundation for this whole series and it's out of psalms 138 verse 8 it says this the psalmist writes the lord will accomplish that which concerns me your unwavering loving kindness O lord endures forever do not abandon the works of your own hands in the actual hebrew this is what it literally says the lord will bring an end or to completion that which is about me this is a picture of coming full circle the lord will bring to completion that which is concerning me that which began in me four years ago or three years ago or two years ago or maybe for you one year ago that which began in you or that which began in me is going to come to completion now we as a people have not come to completion until the day we die but there are seasons where things are coming to completion all the time things that we begin have to come to an end and when they come to an end it's not really an end it's a new beginning every end is also a new beginning every closed door is simply the opportunity for a new open door but how many know in between the doors sometimes there's a hallway it's called process it's called waiting it's called uncertainty it's called i'm not quite sure where to go next but i know i'm called to go somewhere maybe you're in that season but it literally describes this and if you break down every hebrew letter has a picture attached to it and has multiple meanings so in hebraic culture when they would use a word specifically the word had a multi-layered meaning to it because the word as the letters written out in the word would actually draw a picture for you and i would love to be able to show you this to you but where the psalmist says 
you will bring to an end or to a completion. Other versions it says to perfect me. You will bring me to an end, to the finish line, full circle. When the Hebrew, when, when the psalmist says you will bring to completion, that Hebrew word is made up of a bunch of Hebrew letters that draw the picture of when I'm in the process, God's loving kindness surrounds me when I'm in trauma, when I'm in trial, and when I'm in testing. And the next part of that word actually describes water or the birthing process. That when I'm in a process that's heavy, that's hard, that's intense, that's pushing me down, God's loving kindness surrounds me so that something within me can birth. Something new can come out of me. And the last part of that word literally could be, or could, could also mean a Hebrew new year. I'm coming into a new year. Not only am I coming out of a season of high intensity, something new is being birthed in me, I'm in a brand new season. When you've come full circle, you come to a brand new season. You left one to come to a new one that looks like the old one, but it's a better version of it. We left one season geographically, came back to the same exact geographical location, basically, but it looks different. The people look different. The season looks different. The insides spiritually look different than they did four years ago. You, you tracking with me? Philippians chapter 1, and I kind of feel like Paul. Paul, Paul the Apostle, wrote this letter to the Philippian, to the, the believers at Philippi. He, he wrote this letter in prison, one of his prison letters in prison, to encourage the people, to encourage the believers. And I kind of feel like Paul gets a hold of this. He gets a hold of this full circle moment. It says this in chapter 1 of verse 6, I am convinced and confident there are some things in your life that are coming full circle. That's not what he says. I am convinced and confident of this very thing, that he who has began a good work in you will continue and perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. It literally means to fulfill further, to go beyond, to complete, to come full circle. I'm convinced that what was started in you is going to get finished. Come on, you guys, think about it. 20 years ago, something happened to you. Something was spoken over you. You feel like, where is that now? Where is that promise? It's not over yet. There are some things that take 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Some things that take one year, two years. I don't know what the timeline is for you, but I do know this. Your ability to graduate from season to season is determined by your ability to surrender. You can go through the same thing, deal with the same issue, the same fear for your whole life because you choose never to surrender it to God. And it could just be over and over and over again. That's not God's heart for you. Are you in this room this morning? Are you still in your turkey coma? Okay. As we move into 2020, I want to give you some 2020, everyone say it with me, realizations. Say realizations. I really felt as I was praying over this message, like I said, this is more of a prophetic message. It's more of a prophetic series. Then we're going to launch into some more teaching elements as we go on. But I feel like this first message is more of a prophetic message. And I felt like what the Lord was saying to me as I was praying over this for all of us as a house, was that this would be a season, a year, of really realizing a lot of things 
concerning things that happened to us in the past. Like hindsight, they always say is 2020, right? I mean, I know we're in 2020, but that's that's that famous line, hindsight is 2020. Sometimes you have to exit a season to see what God did in that season. Sometimes you just can't see it when you're in it. No matter how hard you try, when you're in the fire, you can't see yourself outside of the fire. So in a sense, the past speaks of the future, but we don't know it often. When we're in some sort of intense process, it's actually declaring something to come. Now, what, I, what I'm saying is I'm not saying, listen, you're defined by your past. But because you have a past, there are things that are in your past because God's so redemptive that he's going to use so that you can influence on a platform in the future whatever it is that you went through in the past became a foundation of the platform you're called to influence the world around you on so your past things you've gone through declares something to come whether you know it or not what you're going through right now the fire that you're in right now the darkness that you're in right now let me tell you it declares a future version of you now, it could be negative if you don't surrender to God in the process. It could be worse off. Or it could be so good because God's so good. He's so redeeming that if you look at the situation right now that you're in, you can actually see God preparing you for something amazing down the, down the line in the future. That it's building you a platform. That what you're going through right now is going to be your future platform. Are you hearing this? this are you ab absorbing or observing? Hopefully you're absorbing. 2020 realizations. Like I said, 2020 vision. And I, I have to comment on this. Obviously, it's the cliche right now. We're in 2020, 2020 vision, clarity. I believe 2020 vision isn't just about seeing where you are going. But I would suggest it's more about having a realization of clarity and seeing where you've come from. Hindsight is 2020. When you're in it, it's really hard to see. I've been waiting for this year for five years. Some of you are like, what do you mean? If you were with us five years ago, we launched a vision campaign called KC 2020. Anybody remember that? We had magnets, really cool magnets. Yeah, you still have it on your fridge probably. Uh, I still see them sometimes. And if you remember, we had a hashtag, and the hashtag was, the future is bright when you can see it. The future is bright when you can see it. But I want to rephrase that a little bit. Because I believe that although that is true, it's a half-truth. The future is bright also when you can't see it. Because when you are in your darkest hour, when you understand who you are and understand who God is, it actually is a declaration of the brightness of your future. That God, if I'm going through the hell that I'm going through right now, I must have a bright future. You see what I'm saying? 2020, if we get a hold of that, our past, if you look through what you've gone through, it actually declares your future platform. You're like, well, how? Well, you've come through it, haven't you? Maybe some of you are still tarnished a little bit, still jaded a little bit. Doesn't mean you can't get healed. Doesn't mean you can't break through. It's not God's design for you to stay bound forever. 
But if you can begin to see that what you've gone through actually is a preparation for what you're about to go into, it changes the game. It's 2020. I've been waiting for this, like I said, for five years. And when, I, when we launched into this, I mean, we were in our best year ever. It was the year we launched this. It was the year we lost our building. And, and uh, I, I remember, like, if somebody had told me back then what we were going to go through, I don't know where things would be at right now. Because if I could see the future, I may have aborted the future. You want to see what's next, but sometimes God doesn't want to show you. Because if you saw two years ago, ahead of time, what you were going to go through for the last two years, you might have aborted the future version of you. Because you're like, I don't know if I can face that. You don't know what you can face until you face it. You don't know how to be a parent until you have kids. Read all the books you want, study, have a PhD in parenting. But sorry to say, until you do the thing, I don't care how much you know about it, you don't know it. It's one thing to know, a whole thing to do and live and experience. You see what I'm saying? If somebody told you what you would go through in the future, you would not make it to your future. Because the old version of you wouldn't be able to stand under the pressure to come into the new version of you. So you would say no. So I would say this, that the future is brighter when you can't see it. When you're in something that's intense in life, struggling maybe it's an addiction maybe it's something going on maybe it's insecurity fear whatever is gripping you whatever just keeps to keep keeps tripping you up whatever it is start believing that this thing right now once you conquer it is a declaration of the good platform god's going to give you i wonder if it would change your ability to include god in the process to overcome the thing that you're facing I wonder what it would do for your soul to start seeing it that way. In your darkest hour is where you realize the brightness of your future. The realization has to come in the darkest places of your life. In your darkest hour is where you realize the brightness of your future. If we can take anything from today, I think it would be that. I really believe that. Ecclesiastes 1 the wisest man that ever lived in this time, Solomon. A spirit of wisdom was on Solomon from God. He writes this in his first chapter of Ecclesiastes, the, one of the wisdom books. Verse 3 says, What do people gain from all their hard work under the sun? Generations come, generations go, but the earth lasts forever. This is also the wealthiest guy at the time on the planet. So here's the wisest guy and the wealthiest guy. Okay, But the earth lasts forever. The sun rises, the sun sets. Then it rushes back to the place where it will rise again. The wind blows toward the south and shifts toward the north. Round and round it blows. It blows in a full what? All streams flow into the sea, but the sea is never full. The water goes back to the place where the streams began in order to start flowing again. 
everything in life is full circle. This is the cycle of life. I feel the spirit of Lion King on me. Should I sing it? No. It's a circle of life. It just, it just spins. No, I'm not singing it. It spins. It spins. Somebody else sing it. It spins. Some of you are trying. You're just not, it's just not happening for you. There's no juice. It's a full circle. Everything, listen, repeats itself. But the thing that doesn't have to repeat itself is the way you manage the repetition. Life will repeat itself. I mean, we came back to where we left four years ago, three years ago. We came back to the same. Weird. How did we go all around the city to make it back? And the venue that we've been at the longest since we've been mobile is the venue like 45 seconds from our old location. It's like God's giving us another chance to be a new version of ourselves. So when God takes you out, he promises now it's because he's taking you in. But to get in, you got to go through some stuff. You got to feel like maybe you're kind of coming around a circle to know that this. I love what it says here in the end of this verse says this. It says in verse 7, all streams flow into the sea, but the sea is never full. The water goes back to the place where the streams begin in order to start flowing again. Think about the areas where there's no flow. Sometimes in order for the flow to come back in your life where there's been no flow, you have to make it around full circle. Complete the season and things will start flowing again. Surrender in the season and things that are stuck, held up by these dams in your life, will break open. I really hope you're catching this. I believe that we're flowing again in 2020 in areas that we had to stop flowing in because of our season or because we let our season dictate how we, how we float. I know that in my own life, seasons at times have dictated the way I float. And I let them dictate my flow rather than my flow dictate my season. I want to give you four 2020 realizations from the last four years of my own life that applies to you in this house in this season. Number one, write this down. Learn so we can lead. Sometimes we have to go full circle, exit one season so we can learn things so we can lead the way that we were always created to lead. There are things that you haven't learned yet and things that you have to unlearn so you could be the leader God's called you to be. There are things that you know to be true that actually aren't true. And the only way that you get them untrue in your life and unlearn them is to follow his plan and go around his circle, go his way. And when you go his way, you have no choice but to unlearn those things and relearn the things that God's called you to learn, to lead. Did you hear what I just said? We have to learn so we can lead. This is the realization. Looking back, 2020 hindsight, I'm looking back over the last four years, and I'm like, man, there were things that I, as a leader, had to learn so I could become a better leader. There are things in your parenting, in your fathering, your mothering, in your friendships, in your relationships, in your career, in things that, that you value as important in your life that you, right now, in this season, you're going through some stuff connected to those things, and it's a season for you of learning so you can be a better leader. 
But if you're always trying to escape or find the exit escape or get an exit plan for every season that you don't like, you're going to abort your future over and over again. And your future is the better version of you. Let me just tell you, forget this idolatrous ideal of one day you sitting on your yacht in your big mansion as your dream future. Think about a better version of you sitting on that yacht. Don't think about the yacht. Think about the better version of you. I know that's kind of a shallow thing. I'm just giving you an example. Think about the version of you that you don't know yet. That's your future. You have to learn so, we, so you can lead. Let me ask you this question, and I hope you can take something from this as you leave this morning, or maybe you're going to meditate on it this week, but ask yourself this question. What am I learning most in this season? This last year, these last two years, these last three years, if you think about what have you learned the most, maybe it's about responsibility. Maybe you're a new parent. Maybe it's about selflessness. Maybe it's about humility. Maybe you feel like your face has been just pushed in the mud and, and you've lost everything that you used to find identity in. And so you're learning about what humility really is for the first time because for so long you were your own God in complete control. Maybe it's something about marriage, how to handle marriage relationship because you grew up in a dysfunctional family that had no marital unity. And so maybe you're learning about what it looks like to be in covenant and in marriage or maybe you're learning what it, it, it looks like to not quit when you want to quit and you have a pattern of quitting every job that doesn't go your way. And so now in this season, you're, you've realized, I have a realization, hindsight 2020, wow, I have a pattern of giving up whenever it gets hard. Whatever it is for you, I don't know what it is for you, but what have you been learning in the last three to four years? Because whatever it is proclaims a, a future version of you. That's going to have a platform influence a lot of people. Philippians 4, verse 9, Paul says, Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, the, then it says the God of peace will be with you. You will experience the unity and the order of peace in your life. There will be an experience of peace in your life when you continue to practice and go through the process of learning what God wants you to learn in every season. You'll find a peace that surpasses all understanding. You'll find a new peace. You don't have peace right now. Continue to get a hold of learning whatever it is that God's trying to get your attention on in the last season. Continue that practice surrendering in the process. Practice doing what you know you're supposed to be doing. And watch the peace that comes to your life. A few people think it's good. That's okay. Galatians 6, verse 9 to 10 says, Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. Keep practicing. Keep doing. That's part of learning. Learning, real learning is getting a hold of information and turning it into an experience. That's real learning. Learning that just stays up here that has no practical application in the long term with no purpose is useless for you. And I'm speaking from a, spirit, from a spiritual vantage point, but also a natural vantage point. Why do you want to spend all your time learning things you're never going to use? Stretch your mind, sure, I get it. 
exercise the brain muscle, sure, I get it. But in the end, you know what God cares most about is how is that knowledge or whatever it is that you're doing transforming you and those around you? How are you going to bring that into eternity? How are you bringing that? What, what influence is that going to have in the long run? Are you just doing it to make yourself look smarter than you really are? To get the approval of people? Or are you doing it because you have actual kingdom motivation to influence the people around you with it? In God's economy, everything has a mission attached to it. It's mission motivated. He wants heaven to touch every area that you touch. That's his mission. His design and heart for you is that heaven would come through you in every area that you touch. We learn so we can lead, and sometimes we have to lead in comfort for seasons to learn the difference of what it looks like to lean in dis- lead in discomfort. I'm telling you, from my own vantage point, it was a lot easier in some ways, many ways, leading the church we had back in our stable location. Leadership was very different for me then. Very different. But to lead in a culture when we were mobile, losing venue to venue, 13 venues, was very different. I had to learn things that I could never learn in the previous season. Thankful. Thankful that I have mentors in my life that I could call that can speak into these areas that I'm learning to help me lead even better. If I didn't have these mothers, these fathers, these mentors in my life to call on in the middle of what feels like trauma or crisis or challenge in those areas, I'm learning things and gaining things that are causing me to lead better. Number two, second realization moving into 2020, is that sometimes we have to lose so we can launch. Think about what you've lost in the last season. What have you lost? What have you lost? Maybe it's business. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's career. Maybe it's a marriage, a relationship, uh, a dream, some hope that you used to have for something that you were believing for. Maybe you lost like a, a, a person in your life that was close to you that you cared so much about, what, what have you lost? What did you lose? Maybe you lost some dignity in an area. What did you lose in the last season? I believe that whatever it is you lost, because God's so redemptive, has the ability to redeem it so well that it declares a platform for you in the future. And that when you lose something, it's just preparation for the launch of something better. Like an arrow. How do you launch an arrow? You have to pull it back. Sometimes being pulled back feels like losing, doesn't it? Sometimes being in rewind feels like losing, doesn't it? But you just rewind so you can go forward. You just pull back so you could launch out. You just have to lose a little bit so you can gain a little bit more. I mean, this is the kingdom. John 15, verse 1 to 2. Jesus says, I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. But then he says this, but every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes so that it will bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. The things that you've lost is simply a preparation for more finer things in your life. 
Now, you may have a hard time right now seeing that. How, could, how can what I lost over here, because it's painful for you, be, be anything close to that? I'm telling you, God is so redemptive. There will be a moment where you realize that in that loss, there's a better version of you. There's a better version of you that's going to awaken. It hasn't yet, maybe, but it's going to awaken because you start realizing his redemptive nature within that loss. It's a setup for launch. It's a setup for advancement. He pulls you back to send you out. A tree is pruned back. It doesn't say, you know, oh, if a, if a branch produces fruit, we just leave it. No, no, we prune it. We pull it back so it could grow even bigger. Now, there are some areas of our life, let me just say this, that you've lost because of bad decisions. But here's the good thing. God is so good. He is so kind that even in your stupidity and even in your bad decisions, when you surrender, he can turn a bad decision and still give you a platform. He's so good. It will take you moving through your own shame, your own condemnation, your own guilt. It may be a little bit of a different process for you, but let me just tell you, if you surrender in the process, even your own bad decisions can turn into something good for the future. We have to lose so we can launch. Lose so we can launch. I feel like I just need to keep saying it. We need to lose so we can launch. Think about the area that you've lost the most in. And then start thinking about, okay, God, there's something that you're calling me to launch into now in this new season from the thing that I've lost. What is it? What is it? Number three, write this down. Sometimes we have to limp so we can leap. Sometimes when we go through things, it marks us. But that marking is simply a sign of the advancement of the next season. Every season, listen to this, every season you go through that's heavy, you've come out with something. Okay, it's a reality. Some people come out jaded. Some people get jaded but then get healed from that jadedness and come out stronger. But there is still that scar. Let's call that a limp. It's a sign that you went through something and conquered. The limp is simply a sign that you went through fire. You still smell like smoke, but you're no longer in the fire. So you were in the, there's evidence that you were in the fire, but you're still alive. That's the limp. When you come out of the fire and you smell like smoke, it's simply the beginning of your new season to leap like you've never leaped before. Because now it makes no sense. I have a scar. I have a limp. I still smell like smoke. Exactly. God's got you right where he wants you to jump even higher and move even faster. Are you getting this? Proverbs 24 verse 10 out of the New Living Translation says, If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. I love how the message translation puts it like this. If you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. Listen, pressure only magnifies what's already in you. This is why you can't blame anything for making you do stupid things in life. The devil made me do it. No, you did it. 
You give the devil way too much credit. Oh, the situation, you have no idea what I went through, Sean. Like, this is why. In the end, you're responsible for you. No one else is. I get it. We all go through hard things. There's some things that are deeply hard to move through. Woundedness and things that have happened to us in our past that are really hard to advance from. But in the end, you're still responsible for you and the decisions you make. You cannot blame anybody else. For this is why you are the way that you are. Maybe there was a contributing factor 100%, but now you can move on. Now you can advance. People blame, you know, oh, oh, the career took my husband away or whatever. No, 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 no. Your husband took your husband away. Your husband made a decision to let the things happen around him. It's funny because that's what happens in church, right? Oh, the church did this, or the church did that. No, no, no. You in the church, as the person, as the church, did this. It wasn't the, they, they, they blanket, it's like the church. No, no, it's you. You are the church. Start blaming yourself. Next time you say, oh, the church hurt me, it's like saying, you hurt, I hurt me. Because I am the church. You get what I'm saying? You are the church. The church isn't the building or the infrastructure. You as the people are the church. So if the church hurt you, you hurt you. By letting somebody have control over you when it's always been God's design for him to be your maestro and not anybody else. Don't give them credit. They did nothing. Now that's a heavy, heavy thing because some of us have been really hurt. Hear, hear, Hear this, hear this. What happened to you, listen, let me just help you. For a second, you may totally be like, I can't believe he just said that. Well, let me just say it like this. I'm going to say it very nicely, okay? Whatever it is that happened to you, in the end, magnified the strength that was already in you. So how you managed what happened to you is the determining factor or is the evidence of the strength and stability that was already within you. How you navigated it. Now you'd be like, okay, wow, think about it for a second. Go back five years. Go back ten years. Go back seven years. Think about what happened to you. And then think about, okay, I didn't navigate that right. That's fine because you're human. But now you're at a different spot in life. If it happens to you again, it probably won't have the same outcome. Why? You're stronger. Pressure only magnifies the man or woman you already are. It doesn't pull anything new out of you. It just brings what's already in you to the surface. When you crush an olive, you get oil. Oil was always in the olive. When something is crushed and juice comes out, juice was not added to it. It was already in it. So when you're going through stuff and you get, go through hell, the real you is magnified. People go from job to job, church to church, relationship to relationship. I know there may be reasons for that, pain and hurt, but it doesn't have to be this way any longer. The reason why you go from place to place is because you've never managed you well. Really silent in this room. Maybe it's because there's no keys. Or I don't know what it is. Like, woo! You have to limp 
sometimes before you can leap. Let me just read this passage. And, and let me just tell you this. I, I'm running a little bit over time here, but I want to say this. These things that I'm giving you, we're going to break them down even further over the next several weeks. I'm giving you the Coles notes. I'm giving you the starting point, okay? That, that like, it's going to frame, it's going to frame this whole series called Full Circle. Number three, we're still number three, limp so we can leap. Genesis 32, verse 22 to 32. Let me read this to you. I love this story of Jacob. I love it. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. Verse 23, after taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. Verse 24, the, th this left Jacob all alone, think about this, isolated in the camp, and a man who actually was the angel of the Lord, okay, a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. So at dark, he's in darkness, the darkest hour of his life, all of his belongings, all of his people, all of his crew, all of his family is gone before him. He's alone by himself in his darkest moment. Now, to understand the, the reality of this moment, you got to go back and know his history and know where he came from. We'll get to that in a future, uh, future week. But it says in verse 25, when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Verse 27, what is your name, the man asked. He replied, Jacob. Now the man who was the angel of the Lord actually knew Jacob's name. But the whole premise of this story is, is that God wanted Jacob to confess who he was. God wanted Jacob to hear his own confession of the old identity that defined him, that brought him to this place. I'm a liar. I'm a deceiver. I did all this stuff to get what I needed to get when I wanted to get it. I've come to the end of myself. God's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right here. What's your name? Tell me who you are. In that moment, he confessed, okay, I'm a mess. I'm a liar. I'm a deceiver. I want change. I need transformation. I want to cross over. I want to leap in this next season. This is what happens. Verse 26, then the man said, let me go. I will not let you go until you bless me. What's your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Verse 28, your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with man and have won. That name Israel means to prevail against God or with God. I'm changing your identity. In this crossroad moment that you're about to leap into, Jacob, I need you to come to grips with who you really are so I can make you the better version of yourself. Are you getting this? Oh, this is so good. There's a better version of you that you don't know yet. But to get there, it's the realization, hindsight. This is who I've been so I can become where I'm going. From now on, you'll be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Verse 29, please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. And he, then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel and he was limping. Everyone say limping. He was limping because of the injury to his hip. It was the reminder of his fight with God and his winning. 
It was the very thing that launched him leaping into the next season. That's where his destiny began. Literally, the things that he knew God had destined him for began after this moment. They began after this wrestle with God moment, confessing who he was in this time. But he had to have that limp. It says he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Verse 32, last verse. Even today, the people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip. It was a sign. It was a sign of what it looks like to fight with God. We're not touching that piece. It's a sign of what it looks like to prevail, to win, to not give up. To, to confess who you really are, who you've been, so you could become what God's always created you to become. Jacob leaped forward to destiny, a new man after this fight. But he limped. He had to limp so he could leap. Think about this right now. What is your limp? Maybe you've been misunderstood. Maybe you've been ridiculed. Maybe you've ruined a relationship. Maybe you've been damaged from abuse, addiction, betrayed, left alone, lost everything, no job, no money. What do you feel like right now is your limp? Let me just tell you, it's the beginning of your leap. Whatever limp you feel you have right now is the beginning and the proclamation of your great leap moving forward. Last one, last realization, number four, we're done. Sometimes we have to leave so we can live. You have to leave one season to live in the next. Sometimes you have to leave an old season, exit an old door, so you could find new life in the middle. You, you, you're hearing this. We had to leave the old location so that we could find new life within the process en route to this location. Sometimes you have to close a season to enter a new one, and en route you find new life. See, Israel was captive in Egypt. Moses delivered them from Egypt. The nation, the people of Israel, were captive 400 years of slavery in Egypt. They left Egypt but their problem was, although they left Egypt, they brought Egypt in the mindset with them. So they left Egypt, but Egypt didn't leave them. You cannot bring the old you into the new season. You cannot bring your luggage, your baggage from the last season into the new season. It will weigh you down. It will take you out. Although they left Egypt, Egypt didn't leave them, and they died in the wilderness. They couldn't get Egypt out of their mentality. They couldn't get slavery out of their mentality. They couldn't let it go and just be where it was as a proclamation for their future freedom. They had to continue going back and forth in their mind and ended up dying in the wilderness. As you move forward in 2020, God does not want you to bring the old version of you into the new. This happened to... Abraham, we talked about this a few weeks ago in Genesis 12, verse 1 to 2. The Lord said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Leave so you can live. It says, verse 12, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. What is he saying? I'm going to cause you to live a life that you never dreamed of living, but first to do that, you got to live. You have to leave everything that you think is awesome right now. you got to leave it behind. 
to live in the next season where I want you to live, you got to leave the previous one. 